just go easy on yourself because you know especially at the moment like there's so much I don't know what it's like over there but here you know we've got this financial crisis and prices are skyrocketing and fuel and this and that and you know you've got all that stress and post-covid and it there's so much being thrown at us recently that to beat yourself up for not being what you expect yourself to be at a certain point in time or you know whatever just you need to just back off and give yourself a bit of leeway I think. Hey it's Margot Tantow here welcome to Windowsill Chats a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. Cell Chats. I am so glad you're here. Thanks for joining me today. I have the delightful opportunity to chat with Zoe Ingram today. I have known Zoe for a handful of years, and that is because quite a while ago, or I should say back in 2013, Zoe won uh, the first global talent search that Lilla Rogers was hosting at that time, which won her a place at Lilla's licensing agency. So that was a very exciting and kind of a big deal. And I was involved in the final challenge. So that's how I got to know who she was. And then we built a line together uh, and, and some other things. And we talk about that. But beforehand, a little bit more about Zoe. She is a designer, an artist, an author, and an illustrator, and a solo mom, and she's based in Edinburgh, Scotland. She's been illustrating since she could hold a pencil and professionally since 2013 after winning representation with her agent, Lilla Rogers. She'd say that her forte is in designing pattern for textiles, but she also enjoys editorial and book illustration, and there she has several to her name. Animals and nature play a huge part in Zoe's work. We chat about a lot of things today, things like the power that you get or you feel when you take chances on yourself, what it is like to get a book deal, grief and what happens and how you react to that creatively. That has definitely been a driving force um, in Zoe's life the last few years, why she works full time on top of her creative work, making her days work for her and not vice versa. So there's lots of gems here. And Zoe's just a delight. I love her style. I love her dedication. And just she's a great example of what happens when you take a chance on yourself. So grab that paintbrush or that cup of tea and join me in this wonderful conversation. Thanks. Zoe, I'm so glad to see you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we were just saying we haven't seen each other in person for, oh my gosh, it's been I actually think it was 2016. That was a long time ago. And I'm really, really happy to catch up. We got to know each other in kind of a, a cool way. I, I definitely want to hear your your background and your creative background, but it would be fun to say um, how we got acquainted, which was little agent Lilla Rogers, who happens to be your agent, I know. She used to do something called the Global Talent Search, which was a 
contest, I guess you would say. It was yeah. something you could enter to, and, and it was an opportunity to be chosen to be represented by her, which is a BFD. It's it yeah. was a pretty exciting thing. And yeah. hundreds yeah, hundreds of people enter this contest, I and I think it, it over went a for people. Yeah, yeah, it was over a thousand. I think it went maybe five years. She did this for. Um, yeah, I think so. And then she kind of like stopped it one year, and then did it, you know, alternating years. Um, so, can you describe a little bit about about what it what it like when you discovered this? What what it yeah. was? What? Yeah. Um. So. I was living in Australia at the time and I was working sort of casually for a web company over there. Um, so, you know, the work that I was doing, it wasn't consistent. It was, you know, hit or miss whether I would get paid. I mean, I got paid when I did the work, but it wasn't reliable financially. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Mark was around then and so he was working so I was in a position where I could actually take this opportunity so newsletters were being sent out by by Lilla and I must have signed up for the newsletter so I was getting these saying telling me about the the courses first of all and the global talent search and I said to my husband at the time I think I might enter this. I've got like no clue what I'm doing, but why the hell not? You know, just let's just try it and see. So I did. I entered this competition. And it was like 25 bucks or something to mm -hmm. enter. I can't remember. Um, so there was like really nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I thought, actually, if I'm going to do this competition, you know, she was promoting the courses as well. I thought I'd better actually take part in the courses because that's going to help me f see what she's looking for. And it would, because I was coming into it from not really having done illustration at all. I, you okay. know, I've got a textile background, but I hadn't done it for years. And it was all web stuff that I was doing. Huh. Um, so it was all very kind of like alien to yeah. me. <laughs> wow. But I knew that it's something, I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. Uh, you know, I really wanted to do it. So um, I signed up for the courses and absolutely loved it. Like I just got so like into it. It was great. Um, and so the first course um, it was called Mass A. It ran for five weeks. Mm -hmm. And then there was a break during the summer. Well, my summer, no, right. my winter, it would ah. have been. Yes, yeah. And that's when the global talent search was running. And so there was like, how many rounds was it? I think there was like three rounds. Three, three rounds, yeah. The first so one was it either a bag or a journal design. I can't remember if it was one or the other. Yeah, I think. so that was it. The first one was we had to design a journal mm -hmm. cover, and it it was based around like a playground um, mm -hmm. theme, and I, like you know I just I just had no expectations. I just did it and then submitted my work and. Um, got through to the next round yeah and so so I was um involved in it in in the way that I was one of the judges as well as that I um gave the final or put together the final level brief, uh, yeah. brief for the people that got to that so imagine you've got hundreds of people interested in this so you have over a thousand people designing a journal cover those who yeah. who chose to participate then it had to be it had to be narrowed down to 50 which yeah. was absolutely i don't know how she did it absolutely really crazy different. impossible but the cool thing that happened with that 50 is that each one of those 50 people that that went on to the second round um were highlighted on her and this was a long time ago the, but they were highlighted on her 
on her blog and her website and along with their site. So as an art director, myself or anybody else could go and see. So you already were exposed, exposed just from that, which was really awesome. And then those 50, there was the next level, which was, was it a tote bag? It was the full tote bag, yeah. So we had to design um, a market tote bag with a fall theme or autumn, as we call it over here. Right. (laughs) And do you remember, I mean, I know this is so long ago, but do you remember thinking, oh, this is, I know exactly what I want to do or did it? Yeah, I'd say that I had a much better idea for that one than I did the the first round, in the first round. The first Mm. one. I was like, oh, not sure, not sure what I'm doing here. Um, and then when it got to the second round, I was like, right. Uh, <laughs> I, I get I it. I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> That's so cool. And I'm going to make it as good as I can make it, you know. Um, and it's funny now looking back because I look back at it and I think, oh, my God. You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily what I would do now but at the time for me it was like I was so proud of it um oh my gosh it was great yeah because then the final round the people so everybody all those 50 then entered the tote bag challenge if you will yeah that particular year that's what it was and then the final round was down to I think it I can't remember if it was four or five but then there was a I'm not sure if it happened that year but the there became there became an audience choice too, so the audience yeah. voted on someone as well. Um, so there was a very small amount of people for that final round, and then they were given this brief that was there was trend boards, and the whole idea was to design something that then um, could be made into product. So it was it was very definitive, but most people doing this brief had not never done anything like this before. And then the winner yeah. would have actual things made by. Yeah. Um, that blew company. my mind. You know, it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially having done the home decor class mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. looking back on that now, because that's really what it was. Yeah. That's essentially what we were doing was designing products for home decor really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just struck a chord with me. Mm. It just, it just kind of resonated with me, um, and I just feel like I got it. Mm-hmm. You did. Um, and but you know, afterwards, when we eventually started putting this the actual artwork to product, that just blew my mind. That was. <laughs> I never thought there would be such a, a huge range of stuff, you know, that was made from mm-hmm. that collection. You know, it was it was a great time, too, because I, I was working at um, Midwest CBK at the time and we we did a big range with that. And it was so fun because there we made things out of metal, things out of glass, things out of ceramic, fabric. I think there was even wood in there and and. um Zoe referenced the home decor class that that is available through Make Art That Sells, which is five weeks, a deep dive into each of those categories, each of those substrates where you really learn what it takes to design product. And I, Lily and I had talked about it for so long about, you know, gosh, I, as as someone looking for design would would always come through. And the people I worked with and it'd be great, but everything was flat. Everything was put together in a blurb book and it was a pattern or an illustration or whatever. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, let's just get this three, three dimensional. And, yeah. and the whole course was born out of those long conversations that, that Lila and I used to have about before we did this. And um, so back to that global talent search, there's real talent. If you think about it, you go from over a thousand down to you know, four to six people and you've got yeah. some stellar talent, but so yeah. you, you really stood out. You really, really did. And I, well, see, I, I actually, I actually felt like to get to that point that I'd done amazing. And I didn't actually expect anything else after that, because the people that I was 
that were also yeah. in the final round yeah. were incredible designers. Mm-hmm. There, there, um, it was. It was a very. I mean, I wasn't the decider. Lila was. I mean, very early on, I remembered. I do be rem- uh, remember being included in the conversation, but certainly not the choice. But it was hard. I mean, I don't even know how yeah. she got from a thousand to fifty. I don't know how she would do that. It was hard, but yeah. but and also it's super little, exciting. Rookie illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, um, because Mark was alive then, and he was so massively supportive of you and your kiddos yeah. were massively massively supportive and i and i can't remember mm-hmm. if they filmed it but i somehow i remember seeing like when you were told and it was just a yeah <laughs> what was that like yeah i think i think um my friend had come around because it was really late at night mm. obviously we were in australia so i think it was announced at like I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon or something like mm-hmm. that. But it was actually late at night in Australia. My friend had come round with a bottle of champagne and stuff. And we were sitting in the living room and somebody must have taken a photograph. And I was like sitting in my pajamas. <laughs> I love that. It was actually quite surreal. Like I didn't oh, actually sure. believe what was happening. It was, you know that kind of thing doesn't really happen to me that often. I think that was the really the refreshing part of it is that you really didn't think that, that you were going to get to win that. And you did. And your family was so supportive and, you know, it was the first time Lilla did this and she was over the moon and, you know, it was just adding to her fantastic um, roster of artists. But for you, what an amazing like, as you said, you were working in tech, yeah. you decided to try this thing, you loved it, you decided why not I'll enter this thing without expectations. And then the the main thing is that then you're represented by Lilla Rogers Agency, which you yeah, still I are. Think, I think, what, uh, yeah, I'm still there. Um, it'll be, well, nine years. So that the, the moral of that is take a chance on yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, it's phenomenal what can happen if you just have a bit of belief in yourself. At the time, it, it, it just felt really surreal because I, when I first signed up for this um, competition, you know, I'd seen the, the, the emails that were coming out and I'd obviously looked at Lilla's website and it was a bit different back then. It's, it's mm-hmm. been updated since, but... Um, you know, I saw all the artists that she had on her roster. And, you know, I knew, I'd known, known about Lisa Congdon and Helen Dardick and, you know, all of that, all that, that bunch before. Mm-hmm. And they were all there. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that feeling of how am I ever going to live up to that, you know? Yeah, that that's a very real that would have been terrifying for me if it were me in that position like oh my gosh what what do you mean I won this thing yeah and then when we went to Surtex in May the following year we were all sat around that table we we had like a meeting one day at Surtex in a private meeting room and everybody was there all the artists and me (laughs) little me <laughs> you, little you but you earned it you earned it but <laughs> but you know it you know it, it again it goes to show you really don't know how it's going to unfold and and you don't win it by picking the right lottery ticket you win it by your talent right and and as well of course as what what is if it's an agent for instance what that agent was looking for at the time what Lilla was looking for at the time so um it was a combination of all all the things aligning, but that must have been just an amazing like pinch me kind of feeling. Cause you did, you then things happened right away. You had lines made oh, and products yeah. made and absolutely. Well, we started working straight away. Um mm-hmm. and then I think it was like a week or two in to 
you know, having been signed with the agency. And I got my first book deal. <laughs> and I was like, how on earth, how on earth do you illustrate a book? <laughs> you know? It was one of those. It was like, you just kind of have to throw yourself into it yeah. and tell yourself that you know what you're doing. Because otherwise, it's, it would just be crazy. Yeah. It, it, and I again, and especially, I mean, you came at it. It's like... Um, I don't know. Imagine it, it's like when you when you think you're going to foster or adopt a kiddo and you're thinking, OK, I have all this time to plan on it. And you get your paperwork in and then, you know, potentially the next week they're calling like, OK, you're it. You know, it's not like you planned years of this is what I want to do. It happened. It happened very quickly. And yeah. um, and there you were with a new kind of big sure. part of your career. Yes. <laughs> What are some of the things you appreciate and like about being represented by an agent? Well, I mean, they're all like so supportive and encouraging. And if you ever feel like you're a bit sort of stuck, you know, they're always there to have a chat. And, you know, Susan's great yeah. as well. You know, she's, she's a strong team. Up for a, a wee chat. Um, but for me, probably, you know, the financial part of it is a big deal because I don't like dealing with stuff like that. Obviously, an agent takes a percentage or, you know, a commission, but I think that that's worth it for... For what they're doing for, for you. For the stress that they would that they take off of me mm-hmm. um, in terms of managing that sort of whole business part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of leaves me to get on with the art making um yeah which that's, is great that that's really the best part if you um granted you came to it in a unique way and Glil- Lila doesn't run the global talent search anymore but does choose people from her courses so that's that's another way to do it but there's there's a lot of wonderful agents out in the world as we know, and, and I think more and more options even than there were then, um, because I think people see that, um, just that there's a lot of artists who are, are looking to have representation. And so there's, there's opportunity. I mean, I've thought about, I've thought about it so many different times myself, but, um, here I am not an agent. I mean, at the time when I was, when I, did the global talent search I had no clue about any other agents Mm -hmm. out there Mm -hmm. um it was actually very difficult to you know find people yeah I don't know if that's just an internet thing and people weren't up to speed on having their websites and searches or I don't know but you know I thought that there were very very few at the time that Well, there were, I mean, I think Lilla definitely paved the way. I know as an art, uh, art director, I, I mean, I would always stop there because it was so fresh. She she was just looking at it from a very different point of view, having been doing the work herself. She did so much of the work herself. And so I, I think she knew what different looked like and what fresh and what um, cutting edge could look like and she knew how to put that in front of people too so that that was a good conversation I mean excuse me a good combination and mm-hmm. I think now you have more people with that point of view and the internet makes it a little easier but it's still it's hard to know mm-hmm. the nice thing about the internet if you are interested in an agent is there's people there's people to ask you know there's other people to ask about their experiences um, their experiences with a certain person um, yeah but, yeah. you know, I'd say the question I get the most from anyone I, I work with or consult with is how do I get myself in front of the right person? Yeah, I think you've just got to really do your research and find an agency that you think your work would fit with. Mm-hmm. And then you have the conversation if, you know, if they're interested right. in your work. Um and because you obviously you have to you have to get on with the people that you're being represented by as well you know that's a big part of it yes um 
I mean, like you said, you can have a conversation with Lilla or Susan or, uh, you know, with anybody there who, and you know, at a time when you need it, you can turn to them. And, and that's, I've always, my advice for anyone looking is feel like you can sit down and have a cup of coffee with this person and that they care. And, and yeah, absolutely. And I got that straight away from Lilla and the other agents there. Yeah. Um, you know, they really are down to earth. They're a down to earth bunch and they're just, they really do care. Yes. And they're oh. not just there to, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying that there are people like that, but, you know, you always get a picture of the nasty agent or, mm-hmm. you know, someone who just wants your money and just, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, but they're not, yeah. they're not like that at all. Right. It's, um, they're very. I think that's good advice though. Do your homework, kind of check out who those people are. Cause as we said, there's some, just some gems available now. And, and so if you feel like your work fits in, you know, maybe how do you get yourself known to that person if they're not maybe teaching classes or whatever? And I, I think yeah. it's about, you know, interacting on social media yeah. or, you know, many ways. And and- I'd say, I'd say like really like working on a, a solid sort of presentation as well, mm-hmm. you know, if you're sending off work to an agent, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know because I've not had to do that. So it's really yeah. difficult for me to say because I don't know what I, I mean, I kind of think I know what I would do, but, um, you know, you'd put forward your best work um, and present it well. Yeah. yeah. There is, that's what they're going to notice. They're not, they're not going to, notice some random little images in an email or you know yeah absolutely no it's it's a process and it does take it takes thinking and I know many of you listening are are on that path to really try and figure that out and I just want to acknowledge that it's it's a it's a tricky one it's a rewarding one hopefully um Mm -hmm. but I think you know the more we can know that we're supporting each other and in what that looks like and how to get there um the better and we certainly are yeah um, and I, I sometimes have chats with some of the other artists as well mm-hmm. at the agency um which is really nice like you know there's a couple of other artists that I have little chats with <laughs> i think that's fantastic <laughs> really it's nice because it's you know sometimes it can be quite a lonely old job yeah so yeah. it's nice it is i do think an agency brings you that because you have your agent and staff you know support and all that and then the other artists too and yeah and i know lilla does has done a lot to kind of have you all interact with each other in, in different ways which is yeah which is great what yeah. was the the transition like for you because you, I mean, you had your job, job, and then you, you were doing art things that you wanted to do. What about when you started working for clients? Was that challenging? It was challenging. Yeah. It's still challenging for me sometimes because I like to just do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is challenging, but I think like, I think the years that I've done in web design had kind of prepared me for that in the sense that you know I was able to look at what a client wanted rather than what I want to do because (laughs) the client's always right (laughs) that's right I mean not to say that you know they wouldn't accept any fresh ideas or anything like that but you know usually a client will come and they'll say we want this this and this and you have to, as a working illustrator, um, fit into that. You know, you have to be quite adaptive and, um, you know, pull it out and just yeah. pull out your, your bag of tools and, and do find what you need to do that job. Right, um, and and sometimes it, and sometimes it might not be exactly what you 
had in mind, but you know, you work with them and you work with the 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 creative director or whoever it is you're working with on it. And it's you know, it's just part of the process really. It's yeah. um yeah, yeah, it is. And I think, you know, ultimately, isn't it nice when you get those clients that you really click with, just like, mm-hmm. you know, an agent that you really click with and you, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I know working with you on the projects we've done has been, it was so much fun. We really, it was a time when, um, you know, there wasn't as many, there weren't as many challenges with global you know, sourcing and all that, we could really kind of dive in and and create almost whatever we wanted at that point, you know, within yeah. reason for the line. And, and uh, I'll have to pull up some pictures, which I know I have of uh, all the things we did, but mm-hmm. I can still remember. So Zoe's design that she did, it was very bright and there's some wonderful birds and kind of, and they were birds, but they were modern shapes. They were very graphically shaped and they, they had some little top knots and there was some wonderful kind of overlaid, almost like a thin line doily kind of design. Do you remember those that, 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 that then turned into a whole other pattern. And and there was just a lot of color and graphics and really fresh colors at the time. And, and the whole thing there, it was, it was magical. And I know I'm, I'm being kind of vague, but I'll have to post some pictures when we, I still have a lot of this stuff. I still have my still have my two lamps and I've got the two big seat cushion things. Yeah. Um what else have we got? The two birds. I love those birds. Hey everyone, I wanted to jump on and let you know about our exciting November windowsill workshop. As you know, I host one per month, and this month I'm super excited to invite in Anna Bianchi and her lovely daughter, and they will be teaching us a really fun, lighthearted workshop about decorating cookies. And I tell you what, I have never seen a cookie decorated like Anna and Florencia do. So if you'd like more information, head on over to tantostudio.com backslash November windowsill workshops, or just follow the link in my Instagram bio. There's a lot of easy ways to find it, but it will be a really fun workshop and you will learn more ways to stretch your imagination and creativity and make things everyone will enjoy. And what's a better gift than something you've made yourself. So gather a bunch of friends together and join us on November 19th, along with Anna Bianchi and her daughter Florencia, and we will be playing and creating and cookies are our canvas. I love that. And then you pretty quickly after that, you did that challenge for yourself. Did you make it up yourself? The plate challenge? Yeah, I I did that. um, It was way before everybody was doing challenges online. Yeah, it was. um, I don't know why I started to do it. Like, I think it was, I think it was when Mark was sick and he, you know, I was kind of like, what can I do to keep creative? And while I was, you know, doing other things and, you know, I just so love doing the home decor class and yeah. putting stuff on plates. I love doing mock-ups. Yeah. Like, I love actually seeing, visualizing my art on things. Um, so I thought it would be a nice format because of this, you know, circular plate. And at the time it was like the square, you know, on Instagram, the right. square grid. Right. Um, so it just fit per- perfectly. And so I just did a random thing on a plate every day. <laughs> and did you did like 50 or 100 or something? 100. I did 100. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And work came from that. Um. can't remember I feel like you did have a couple of plates I don't know but I I just maybe it was just that I hadn't really seen people doing that as much that that was early on you know a hundred of something seemed daunting and you chose something that really was a great vehicle for your artwork but there was consistency there and it was a product like you were saying to someone who might be looking hey this could be a product for you I can do yeah, plates. yeah, which is very yeah. cool. I've never had a plate other than you know a, an actual full collection. Mm-hmm. Never had someone come to me and say, "Can you do some plates?" 
It's time, Zoe. It's time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I know you then experienced the loss of Mark and moving halfway around the country, the country, the world. You moved from Australia back to Scotland and you had two young kiddos and it, it made sense, you know, being in a place where, where you were closer to family. How did that, um, how did that shape your, I don't know the path. I mean, that's a giant question. So how did that, let's, let's, let's narrow it down a little. How did that shape your creative path for you at the time? Did you feel like you just had to kind of tuck in for a while? Yeah. So, you know, Mark was diagnosed with cancer in December, 2016. And he passed away in May, 2018. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, just over a year. Yeah. Not even a year and a half, really. Yeah. Um, and so during that time, you know, he was going through chemo and radiation therapy and um, he was really sick. You know, yeah. he was really sick. And it was, you know, from the very start, when he was first diagnosed, we knew that it wasn't going to be a good outcome. Um, and so during that whole time, I was, I still ha- had jobs that I was, you know, obligated to yeah. finish. So I was doing them and um, still trying to keep the normality. Yeah around the house by doing you know work still working and he was still working as well he wanted to work as much as he possibly could um so it was it was weird it was it was kind of like it was floating through that time yeah very Um, surreal so sudden and so hugely life-changing yeah um And then when he passed away, um, I'd already kind of thought that I would move back here with the kids because all my family are here, Mark's family are here. um, And I felt like I just needed to have that extra support. So it was quite a quick move. Um, because I wanted to get the kids back and into school for the start of the new year, the new school year. Um, So, you know, I had to put my house on the market, had to sell my car back to the garage because we'd just got a new car um, and organise the move, pack everything, sell stuff, paint the house. Mm. You know, my friends all came and helped me do the gardening it was an absolute mess and so there was a lot going on there was a lot going on and it's not like I mean with all that going on first of all your head is so full of there's grief there's emotion there's there but there's action there's so much action that has to be taken it's not like there's a lot of room for oh let me go sit down and be creative no there wasn't at all and then it was funny because actually just before we moved, I got a job with Walker Books and it was the my first book of birds. And so I kind of started that right before we left. I was doing sketches and stuff. Hmm. And it, it was after, you know, the house had been all packed up. Everything was kind of done. Mm-hmm. And then I could sit and just do it. And it was such a relief. Mm. to feel like I could actually just sit and do some work yeah um and then when we moved back um I carried on with that that job and that was like my first job after and it so that means a lot to me that little job I'll bet I'll bet it does and it's done so well as well it has can you share again the title of that book it's uh, it's called my first book of birds. That's right. That's such a good one. And I was it. Did you find that 
it was a good place to go that you had then that project to work on? Was that helpful for you? Yeah, it was very helpful. Um, it helped me to feel like I could actually get back to some kind of normality. I was like, when we first moved back, I was staying at my mum's for about a month and a half. So I was working at my mum's kitchen table. Mm, <laughs> I had <yeah>. no paints. <laughs> I had to go and buy like all my paints because it was all shipped over. Yeah. Um, so I had really sort of minimal tools. I had to buy a scanner, I had to buy my Mac, I had to, you know, I had to do it all um, and start afresh. Uh, but it was really nice to have that job to do. Yeah. Oh, um, and it, it wasn't like really stressful either. And the team were amazing. Like they were like, you know, you've, the deadline was quite, relaxed and nice. you know it was it was just a really nice job to, to work on mm, I'm so yeah. glad that that timing was what it was and that and I know um Lilla and Susan and again they're the kind of agents that are they're so human facing you know it's like okay arms around you for what you need right now and yeah. and I'm glad you had a project like that because so much and it, you know I speak from someone who was just watching via Instagram basically and just um for you that had had some very public experiences like winning this big thing and and then and then Mark's illness and having to move and all that and I feel like I'm not sure if you knew it but there were people you know worldwide just wrapping their arms around you yeah I felt that you know I didn't post a lot of stuff sure because I wanted to kind of not put that out too much on sure. social media, but um, yeah, I want to keep it relatively quiet. Yeah. Um, but I did, I think I did say, you know, when, when Mark passed away and then people were just so caring. Thanks for sharing that Zoe. I know that's uh, you know, life is so, full of twists and turns and we just can't we think we know right <laughs> we think we know how it's going to go we think we know how we'd like yeah. it to go and we we it keeps being proven that we don't I mean certainly do we do for some aspects but um it's just up to us to to keep sorting through it yeah absolutely that it's you know in a strange way it's now I'm like, you can throw anything at me now. Mm, mm. I don't really care because I can deal with it, you know? Yeah, very true. So, you know, what we've all been through the past couple of years with COVID and yeah. all that kind of stuff, that was, you know, I'm not saying it was nothing to me, but, right. it, you know, I've kind of had a lot to deal with that's been a bit worse than that for me that's for anyway. Sure. Yeah. I know a lot of people lost people during COVID and that's that's difficult. Um, but what I, I think what I mean is that I don't have the same fear about life anymore. It's dealt you and your family some very deep uh, chasms and to, to know that you can come out that other side and do create artwork, create this wonderful family create a home yeah. for your kiddos and and help encourage them to be themselves and you know you're just it, it you have to find that somewhere right and it's we don't always yeah. wake up and know I mean, where it's coming from it's it's definitely not been an easy ride since yeah. we got here back to Scotland um we've we've had our things to deal with and you know, being a solo mother with two teenagers is difficult, you know. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, when I first started illustrating, Mark was around and he was working. And so we had the financial stability mm, yeah. of his salary. And anything that I did was like bonus. Yeah, true. So now it's, it's all on me. Right. Um, 
it's it's all on me you know to earn the money (laughs) so let's talk about that a a little bit too because you you're one of those like i am that uh believes that a job can help you be even more creative sometimes a full-time job or a job that's paying the bills can then free up your creativity yeah I was I mean I was getting to the point where you know actually through COVID and lockdown and all that I was so busy because I was I was doing um I was writing a book and had other jobs on the go and it everybody kept saying to me are you okay for work and I was like yeah I'm, I'm actually like snowed under I'm yeah. so busy and then last summer I kind of finished my job last job and I was like I really need a break so I had a bit of time off and then after that there was like nothing Uh uh (laughs) it's like it just like sort of went on and on and on and on I was like oh dear this is not good um and I think it was probably just like a a knock-on effect from COVID kind of like you know because obviously I was working during COVID but all these projects had already been arranged pre-COVID and they were happening during COVID right and then so I think it was just like a bit of a knock-on effect. Yeah, a little bit left um, over from previous. Yeah, and so it got to sort of like the new year this year, and I was thinking I need to do something here because it was starting to stress me out. Yeah. You know, because, you know, everybody knows, well, I don't know if everybody knows, but being an illustrator, freelance illustrator, it's kind of like a roller coaster yeah. with jobs and being paid. And um, I'm not saying, again, that you don't get paid. You do get sure. paid, but it's just like... There's it's not the same a, amount every month and all You don't get that. the same amount. You get paid quarterly. You get, you know, you never know what you're going to get, basically. Right. And so being a sole parent, I need to have that kind of stability mm-hmm. to know that I'm, because it was stressing me out. So I decided to look for a job, you know, just a, a job. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, I was contacted by a recruitment company and they asked me to do a job the job that I'm doing now so I'm actually working full-time now which is great um and like you say it really does sort of lift that pressure mm-hmm. and I'm actually finding because before I had kind of like I was getting so stressed that I, I felt like I couldn't produce anything creatively Mm-hmm. I was like really stifled I felt really stifled and I didn't want to do anything I actually got to the point where I didn't even want to do any art yeah um yeah. and so because now it becomes like, such a job you know instead of a you, there's no time to just play yeah that's it I think that's it as well you know when you're you're constantly doing counting on it jobs yeah which is, I mean, that sounds awful, you know, it's such a great position to be in, but sometimes you do, you really do just need that time just to just fling some paint around or, yeah. you know, do whatever. Um, and I was finding that I wasn't doing that even when I did have time to do it. And I, so I knew that I needed to switch it up a bit. Um, and... So yeah, I've got my little job and it's great. And it's actually making me feel like I the ideas are starting to come back now. You know, the yeah. sort of creative juices are starting to flow again, which is great. That is great. And and I think too that um I don't know. I think it's permission. And and I imagine there's some people listening that are either like, oh, I relate to that. I do it myself. Or I, oh my gosh, thank you. I needed that permission. You know, mm-hmm. and what kind of work are you doing? Is it creative? 
not really. Yeah, and, <laughs> and really. that's the it's thing actually, too. It's okay. It's actually um, kind of going back to what I was doing before with the web design, but is without the design part. It's very monotonous, mm. which is not a bad thing at all. I actually love that. Like, I love the sort of the process of the whole job. You know, it's it's a very processy job. Um, so we basically take uh, printed documents and make them into HTML and put them online. That's it. That's see, that's but at that to it, then you're getting a paycheck and you're, yeah, you know, you know how to do all those things, and it's not, and it's it maybe I'm I'm guessing, but do you feel like that leaves room for then the creative projects that come along? Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. So the only good. trouble, the only thing I'm that sometimes can create a problem is the the time that I have. Yeah. So because I'm working full time, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. my weekends are, you know, when I do the other stuff. Um, so, but that's just about time management and knowing how long it will take me to do a job. Um, so yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'd, I'd um, agreed to write a new book before. I was going to say, I, I want to hear a little bit about the books too. Yeah. Yeah. So before I started this job, this full-time job, I'd sort of, we'd been talking about me doing a new book. Um, so I'm currently writing that at the moment. I can't really say too much about it, I don't think. Awesome. That's exciting. But it's with the same publisher as, oh my gosh. Is it? Oh. Yeah. So tell us about your books so far, the ones you can talk about. So, yeah. So, oh my gosh, that came out, um, I think it was last March. Such a good book. I own that book, Oh My Gosh. Do you? Yes, I do. I do. It's a great book. And when you search, when you search books about gouache painting, that's definitely one that comes up. It's such a good book, Zoe. It's good. Have you done any projects from it? I have. I I did some, I can't remember if I did it. I did it with some friends. And and I, I also thought that the um the comments about it were really good too. It it's just it's just such a good way. It was COVID that I got it because there was some of us that wanted here that were kind of in the same bubble and we wanted something to do. And I'm not one that had used gouache and I, you know, you and Jennifer Orkin Lewis and, and many people that just swear by it. And I just wanted a little bit, <laughs> I wanted one of my friends, which was, I was like, Oh, I'll learn from Zoe um, to kind of like <laughs> demystify it a bit for me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so we did. We ordered that up and got some gouache and played around. It was it was really yeah. and I I honestly had forgotten about that that I did that you know when we were all shut down. It was such a nice thing to have. Yeah, it it's funny to me that you know that you're saying that it's such a mystical medium. You know that it's because it's something that I've used for a really long time. Although, having said that, I I didn't use it for a long time when I was working in graphic design. Right. Um, I used it, like, early on in my career, in my textiles days. Yeah. Um, And more so now. But, um, you know, it's something that was quite familiar to me. And so when I was writing the book and we were sort of discussing how we were going to you know, structure the book and what we're going to have in the book. Um, it, it's 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 a funny thing because you think, well, that's just how I do it. You know, that's how <laughs> that's how I paint. So, <laughs> yeah. how do you explain that to someone? It's like you know, people keep saying to me, "Are you going to do any courses or anything like that?" And I'm like. I don't know, because I don't know if I've got anything to teach anybody. Of course you do. Of course you do. I don't know. I think we get so close to these things ourselves, you know, and we think, oh, what would, would anybody really want to know that? But yes, they would, because 
nobody else does it your way. And so if you're, if you're painting along and you say, oh, I always love to do this because then somebody's learning something. I mean, you know, you probably yeah. like to learn as well. So you should. Yeah, Zoe. I but I always feel like it's, I think it's because when you're used to doing something and it, it's just like second nature, that when you try and explain it to somebody, it just feels like, you know, that that's how it should, yeah. that's just, I you don't, I, don't I, I, it. I find for myself and I, and Lilla actually quite helped me with this when I started teaching the home deck class, because I would jump right to level 10 and instead of yeah. starting at level one, you know, like, well, you know, you have to do this. And I was like, but what yeah. about pulling out the piece of paper? You know, I think that's what it is. I think to me, it would be really obvious, but obviously it's not to someone who's never done it before. So it's a whole new thing for me. Yeah. You know, having to break it down like that. Yeah. It's a good thing. Well, I think you're doing an amazing job managing the balance. And I, I think, I don't know, for me, one of the trickiest things with any balance of kids, life, art, creativity, grief, moving, all the things is to find a way to just, you know, make your days work for you. And, and sometimes it takes tripping a few times, but it seems that you, you do that well. Would you say that you have that fairly managed? Yeah, I I think I do. I know I have like, you know, during the week I have my little routines that I do, you know, I work out four times a week and I try not to deviate from that because that is my time and that is I feel so good when I do it. Yeah. Um, and I make time to go out for walks with my friend is great. She'll say to me, come on, let's go for a walk. You know, if I've been working a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and other than that, it's a fairly simple, simple life. And I just, you know, take the kids to where they need to go. And that's yep. it, really. You know, it, it's very it's, exciting life, but well, it's simple and it's not at the same time. I think um, what you're doing is being true to what you know you need, which yeah. allows the other things to then fall into place. Because working out four times a week, if you didn't do that, you, other things would suffer. So you know you need to do that, which is awesome. And get yeah. having a full time job makes it so then you're not stressed about what creative thing you're doing next. And it seems like it's opened up some other really great, I can't wait to hear and see what this next book is. You know, you'll have to come back and tell yeah. us. So, so yeah. I think we just all have to give ourselves room to acknowledge the fact that, you know, there's certain things that aren't as glamorous that need to be taken care of, but they all, you know, it's a domino effect. They help, they help each other. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm so aware that it's, you know, if it was just me and I didn't have any responsibilities, I Mm. kids and a dog and a house, you know, I'd be probably quite a free spirit and I'd be off doing things or, you know, just suiting myself. And, you know, I'd probably still be working out because I love doing that. But (laughs) um, (laughs) it's you know, I know that I have these responsibilities, so I try and make sure that I'm taking care of all of that first, and then I get to do my thing. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it is, you're setting that example too, for your kiddos to like, you have to, you have to find the balance and, and as mm-hmm. they, cause how old are they now? teens um 18 and 13 wow wow yeah. so big you know on the brink of many things yes my eldest is going off to university oh next week really oh my goodness yeah that's a I big know. deal it's quite scary but I'm sure the house will be very quiet <laughs> 
Yes. Oh, well, that's exciting too. That's another, <laughs> that's another transition. So we yeah. thank so much for just sharing your, just being so honest and sharing your, your path. And, You're and welcome. it's just a reminder, you know, I, I talked to somebody recently who said, sometimes I listen to your podcast and I think, oh my gosh, I'm, it's daunting. Like the, I, I don't, how am I ever going to be like these people? And I think this conversation is just a reminder that we're all so human and we have the things are coming at us like just missiles all the time, whatever it is. So just know that, um, just go easy on yourself because, you know, especially at the moment, like there's so much, I don't know what it's like over there, but here, Mm. you know, we've got this financial crisis and Mm. prices are skyrocketing and fuel and this and that. And, you know, you've got all that stress and post-COVID and, you know, it there's so much being thrown at us recently that to beat yourself up for not being what you expect yourself to be at a certain point in time or, you know, whatever, it, it just you need to just back off and give yourself a bit of leeway, I think best message ever yeah that's very true and it's it's so true it it's really important I think that we tend to uh, build the expectations high and it's really about taking care of ourselves so we can make decisions that are healthy and uh, in line with what it is we we really want I think as much as possible yes thank you wise Zoe (laughs) (laughs) you know you know i want to know who's who's inspiring you and if you forget i have it i have notes from you oh who's inspiring me at the moment well and it doesn't have to be you know whoever today is inspiring you no so i'm totally into flower pressing at the moment nice um i bought a flower press for my birthday um my gift to myself I love that um, because and there was a reason for that and it was um, because I'm so busy with work now yeah. I'm trying to figure out different ways that I can be creative mm. with my artwork mm-hmm. and so I'm trying I'm going to try out a few things Ooh, she got a good grin on her Flower face for that one I can't I can't wait to see and I love that too. I think um, so many of us are multi, we have multi interests, you know, it doesn't have to be an illustration. Like what, what does that turn into? What, and I can't wait to yeah. see, I can't wait to see yeah. what you're doing. I, I just, I mean, you know what my style was like at the start when I first started and what is now is it's just changed quite a lot over the, over these years yeah. And I never really want to stop changing. I, I know that a lot of illustrators keep their style quite, you know, they're very true to the style that they've got. And I think I have that as well, but I like to also experiment with other things. So we'll see what uh-huh. happens. I love that. But yeah, I'm I'm really into looking at flower press pressing and stuff on you know instagram or whatever i'm also into tarot cards as well nice tarot cards there's so many good decks i know i did start illustrating a deck and i was like oh this is another big one this is is like why do i create these big projects for myself (laughs) it is a big one but that's such a good one yeah yeah i need to pick it up again when i get time but yeah that's exciting you mentioned something that i didn't know about and it was the public domain review on instagram yes yes it's it's basically just loads of public domain images from like years and years and years and years ago and they're fascinating because you can see like it's things yeah i have seen it um i mean thanks to you He's like, there was one day called The Wounded Man or something like that. And it was all these depictions of a wounded man, you know, and he's got like arrows sticking in his body and 
an axe in his head you know it's like but it kind of like I know that's really weird but it kind of like gets my imagination going yeah I don't know. well and when things aren't public domain that means we can use those so it often those are so hard to find so what this is on instagram and and it's it's public domain rev the public domain review and these will be in the show notes obviously as well but i was just like i did not know about this how cool it says celebrating curious and compelling out of copyright works history of art literature and ideas and then they have a big main site that they lead you to too. So that was a that was a good one, Zoe. Yeah. And also there's another one on Instagram that I like to follow, although I haven't seen many posts from them recently, is art from Japan, I think it is. Mm. Okay, I'll like look Japanese that one up. Art. Yeah, me too. Okay, I'll look that one up and put it in the notes. Oh, thank you, my dear, for these tips. And I just I'm so glad to catch up with you and thank you for sharing you with us and making it all feel a little bit more um, approachable. You're welcome. It was lovely to be here. Thanks, Zoe. We'll talk again soon. I can't wait till you can tell us what your next book is. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.